The best of times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana. Celebrating age and maturity. Helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The best of times. Your host, Gary Coligas. Good morning, Architects listeners. I'm Gary Coligas, the publisher of the Best of Times News, the only news magazine for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning into our show today. In just a few minutes, we'll learn more about the historic Oakland Cemetery in the Shreveport area. So stay tuned for some interesting information. It is Saturday, September the 21st, and we are broadcasting a radio show today from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept calling questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the September issue of The Best of Times at one of our 528 distribution locations. Thanks for the many compliments about our magazine, our radio show, and our website. If you're unable to find a copy of the current issue of The Best of Times, remember you can visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com. Upcoming AARP driver safety course will take place on October the 12th from 8.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Bears Town and Country of Shreveport. Call now for reservations to attend this AARP driver safety course at 221-9000. Again, that's 221-9000. A gala event of food, wine, and therapies benefiting the Center for Families will take place on Saturday, November the 2nd at Restaurante Giuseppe. This is a gala event featuring a four-course meal, wine, wine, massage therapy, love therapy, many other therapies that will benefit the Center for Families. For information and reservations, do call 222-0759. Again, that's 222-0759. The Shreveport Symphony Orchestra will have its opening concert tonight at 7.30 p.m. For tickets and information, do call 227-8863. Remember to log on to our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com for listing of announcements made during today's radio show, as well as information about upcoming events, activities, and news that you can use. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bear, standing country of Report your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by A Bears, Tunning Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show as special guests is Mr. Steve Smith and Miss Anna Marie Keel with the Oaklawn Cemetery Preservation Society. Thank you, Steve, and thank you, Anna, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Thank you, Gary. Thanks for having us. Boy, Steve, we go back a long way. We need to do another show about nostalgia. Yeah. In the Shreve Island area. Shreve Island. We, we were there when Shreve Island really started. And, you know, I thought about something. I know we're taking away from the big premiere, but I've got, to, I've got to do the rest of the story. I was thinking back, and I hope you have a copy of this, is I don't know if you remember, I actually started publishing when I was like eight years old. I just thought about this several years. We had the Swamp Fox Club. Yes, you remember Swamp that? Swamp Fox Club, yes. Very good state. That was the Walt Disney was running it at the times, and we would uh, be glued to the wonderful world of Disney when it would come on on Sunday nights. But remember what else? I printed, well, my little t- green typewriter, yes. 
a newsletter. Yeah. I wish I had Tom, a top thumb typewriter, I think. <laughs> I wish I had a copy of that newsletter. Yeah. And that could be like infamous. For the neighborhood kids. For the, all the neighbor right. and family members, we had printed a newsletter like once a month. Pretty cool. Okay. But we'll talk about that in the near future. Okay. I'll bring you back and we'll do nostalgia of the Shreve Island area and, and back on Myers Lake. People won't probably won't remember that those particular action and fishing behind there and our, our, our fallout shelter that we built. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're, we're really going back memories. We didn't get but caught on today that. I've asked you to uh, come on the show to talk about the infamous, famous Oaklawn Cemetery located here in the Shreveport and Bossier area. It's, and it's Shrevestown what? First cemetery, Steve? Uh, it's actually our second. What was the first one? Our first cemetery was the Fannin Street Cemetery, which was at the corner at the corner of uh, Fannin Street and McNeil. Okay, it's where the Jody Wagoner Federal Building is today. Oh, that was the cemetery? Yeah. Oh, time out. Did they exhume? Is that the word? Yes, legal? yes they did. Oh, and where did they put those? Uh, they ex- Well, it filled up in about uh, 10 years. It was probably 1836, somewhere in that time. Filled up in about 10 years, and when Oakland was established in 1847, they exhumed the bodies and reinterred them in Oakland. And okay, they were reinterred. Yes, okay. and most of the markers were wooden, so they have disintegrated. But because there were a few that were um, carved, marble, stone, whatever, um, one is in there, Rufus Sewell, and he is actually, his marker, to my knowledge, is the oldest physical thing you can see and touch in Shreveport today. It dates back to 1842 which is six years after Shreveport was founded in 1936. So if there's anything older, I don't know about it. Okay, we're going to challenge our listeners out there to find something older. Yeah, that would be good. Let me know. You know, I'm I'm not an expert on cemeteries and tombstones, but I didn't know they had wooden markers, wooden like... The old ones were just carved wood. Carved wood. Yeah, and back in the 1700s, like Charleston and and, um, Savannah, they would have carved slate prior to marble coming into being vogue. So so tell us a little bit of history. Why was why was Oakland found as a cemetery? Well location? The, when um, when the Fannin Street Cemetery filled up, uh, the interesting story about that is that when it filled up and the bodies were exhumed and reinterred in Oakland, the area the, the block where Fannin Street was located um, it was all hilly. Shreveport was downtown. It was all hilly. It's not flat like it today. But um, they leveled the hills of of the cemetery kind of flat, and they built houses there. And the Selbers had a house there. The Ellerbys had a house. There was a grocer on Texas Street named H.R. Dahl, and his house was there. It was called the Doll House, and it was actually the last one torn down. It was 1971. They tore it down to build the Jody Wagoner building. And when they tore it down, the hill was still there, so they graded it down to street level to build the Jody Wagoner building, and when they did, they found two skeletons that they missed the first time around. Oh, wow. So I don't know if that area is haunted or not. <laughs> well, and we could talk about haunted things, but I think it is. Probably so. Probably. Hey, we can send back the A&E people here to check that place <laughs> yeah. out, too. <laughs> yeah. Ah, so that's very interesting. So, so but I, you know, you're giving me some uh, inter- uh, other rest of the story here, some little land yap, is downtown was 
hillier than it is now. Yes, yes. And as initially, Texas Street was where all of the businesses were, Texas and uh, commerce. Commerce was also called Levy Street because it was a natural levy looking over the Red River. And as the city grew business-wise, the residential area uh, was torn down and the people moved into the suburbs. But originally, it was it was a hilly place. In fact, if you stand in Oakland Cemetery, the the hills and the valley, mm-hmm. so to speak, okay. it's kind of reminiscent of what um, downtown Shreveport looked like. I have, and it's vantage point. It's pr- pretty awesome. I mean, yes. and that, but why was it selected? Why was that certain acreage selected? And I had one listener. I'm sure it's it was selected, and then the municipal auditorium it was it was there first. Right. It was 1847. It's our oldest landmark. And the property was actually acquired from Mary Kane, who was, she's known as the mother of Shreveport, came here in 1835. And her husband was William Bennett of the Bennett and Kane Trading Post. He died in 1837, we believe, of yellow fever. And she married Jim Kane, the business partner, to keep the business together. He died in 1845 of yellow fever. And um, the property there, she and her father actually owned it, Dr. Samuel Bennett. And long story short, there's all kinds of donated blah, blah, blah. But actually, she and her father uh, traded that 10 acres and where Princess Park is, they own that. And they traded those 20 acres to Shreveport in lieu of back taxes. So the property actually came from Mary, Mary Kane and her father. Okay, so legally the prop the Oakland Cemetery is owned by the city of Shreveport? Yes. It's is considered a city park. Wait a second. It's a park? It's SPAR maintains it. Shreveport Parks and Recreation. And are is that the only cemetery that our city owns? Uh Greenwood, I believe. I'm not really uh when when Oakland basically filled up um, in 1892, the city acquired the property where Greenwood is on Stoner and began burials there. Okay. Why, why was it called Oaklawn? And there's many Oaklawns throughout the it's United a, it's States. It's actually Oakland. Oakland. Yeah. Oak Not Lawn? No, Oakland. Oakland. Okay, excuse me. Uh, why was it named that? Well, Oakland? actually, it wasn't. It was when it was founded. It was it was the new city cemetery, and that was what it was known as when they shut down the Fannin Street. Okay, it now I remember the that. New, new city cemetery. cemetery, and we had a city hall that we built in 1873 on the corner of uh, Louisiana and Milam Street. In 1905, it burned to the ground. Uh, one person died in the fire. But when that happened, we lost all of our old records of the cemetery. And that year, the city sexton, who buried people for the city, went out and did kind of a thumbnail sketch map. And that is the oldest map we have showing who was buried at that time back then. So we lost all of our old records. So how did he or she determine that? Uh, The markers. That's the only thing. Some of the things, and, and probably knowledge, because... The Sterrets are buried there, and there is no marker for the Sterrets. Alex Sterrett was our first sheriff here. And uh, we are discussed at our last, next to last, time before last, board meeting of 
placing a marker for the Sterrett family there, so that's in the works. Okay. But you I, mentioned something about New City Cemetery. Yes. When Why it, was it called it, New, City? Or well, New City? It was the new. Oh. The new city cemetery. Oh, okay. Not so just Fannin Street was the city cemetery. Existing. And then when it was taken out of uh, existence, then this was the new city cemetery. Oh, okay. moved. But in, uh, after the fire in 1905, according to Eric Brock, um, that year was when Oakland appeared first in print. Prior to that, it was the new city cemetery. People call it the graveyard. But in 1905, the name for some reason, was changed to Oakland. We don't know why. Okay, then I noticed that uh, you had in this, in this particular aspect, the the Hebrew section in yes. that particular was found in 1858. Wow. 1858. In fact, I just found some found a map downtown in the courthouse that shows that the property on Sprague Street, right across from the cemetery, was originally it appears to be owned by Mary Kane, Mary Bennett and her husband William because this map shows that the Hebrew graveyard was right there and then back towards um, what is it uh, Travis Street I believe is William and Mary's graveyard but we don't we don't know if there were burials taken that had taken place Gary Joyner has been through there they think possibly there are some graves there but in 1858, the Hebrew community here in town purchased the north, I guess it would be the northeast section, and founded the Hebrew Cemetery. And it's full now and filled up quickly. And they moved down Texas Street to the new Hebrew Cemetery, which is full. And now they've moved to other cemeteries here in town. So correct me, in the 1800s, and 18, where were the funeral homes located? Uh, actually, there weren't any. Uh, we did have undertakers, so I guess you could say that the precursor to funeral homes were the undertaker parlors. In and a person's home? Or yes, apartment yeah, complex? yeah. They would, people would lay and rest. And in fact, at one time, they used uh, wicker coffins. I didn't re- realize that until I did some research, and I think maybe that was just lying in state in the home. And you know, a lot of the old homes had the double doors. Mm-hmm. That was so a coffin could be carried in and carried out. Wow. So, um, the All of the undertakers were on Texas Street. When was the wall put around Oak, Oakland Cemetery? We don't know specifically. Um, I have a feeling it was in the 1880s. And why was it done? Uh, just as the perimeter. When the, and that was after the Civil War then, right? Right, right. And when Oakland was founded in '47, originally there was a, uh, a wooden picket fence around it. And that fell apart. They put up a second picket fence, and that fell apart. And then they put up the wall and the fencing that's in place right now. So we think possibly 1880s, but the fire destroyed everything, so we don't really know. Oh, how sad. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, probably presented by A Bears, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. 
Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by A Bears, Tunning Country F Report, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas. Thank you for listening to our show today. Also, thanking those might be listening via the internet at www.710keel.com. Joining me on my show today, a special guest is Mr. Steve Smith and Miss Anna Marie Keel with the Oak. Land Cemetery Preservation Society. Thank you, Steve, and thank you, Anna, for joining us today here on the Best of Times thank Radio you. Hour. So, going back, it's been a misnomer. Gary does re, rebaptize, as Angela would call it sometimes, rename people on this show. We've also renamed the cemetery. I thought it, and I even have it here in writing, I thought it was Oak Lawn, but it's Oak Land. Yes, Oak Land. Well, wow, there are a lot of people who mispronounce it, but I know I've heard them on television, yes. radio, in person, that they call it Oaklawn Cemetery. Well, probably they've been to the Oaklawn Racetrack in Hot Springs. And <laughs> good point. They're, good point. And there is Oaklawn Cemetery, I think Adam mentioned, in California. Yeah. That's the infamous one. Probably all the Beverly Hills celebrities are there. But we have celebrities in ours, right? Yes, so, we have. So, so tell our listeners about some of the celebrities of Shreveport's past that are buried in that. Well, we have uh, a number of, we have 16 mayors, some judges. 16? Uh, yes, yeah, 16. And the, the number really is so high, I believe, that uh, the reason behind it is that our mayors only served a two-year term. Oh. We, up until around 1933, the mayors served two years, and sometimes they were reelected. But I kind of feel that you know, 33 was during the Depression, and elections were very expensive to conduct. So they probably went to four years for the mayors to try and save money on the election cost. Okay, going back to some history about some mayors, didn't one of our mayors either get killed in a duel? John Sewell, yes. He was... Uh, he was our first elected mayor. Our first mayor was actually Angus McNeil, who was the president of the Shreveport Company. But John was elected in '39 and sworn in, ironically, by Angus in uh, September of '39. And he got into a, a, a confrontation with one of the trustees. We didn't, didn't have councilmen; we had trustees back then. And over a, do we know what was over about? Well, we have the, records the, the urban, the urban, yes, yes, we do. Uh, the urban legend is that it was over John's position, his platform of ending crime and corruption in Treeport, which was very big business back then. And supposedly those who saw their livelihood disappearing, if he was elected, they hired a man to publicly insult John and John challenged the man to a duel. And it was Ooh. against the law to duel in Louisiana, so they had to go to another country, 20 miles to the west of us, Texas. Another, oh, another country. Okay. country. It was another country back then, you know. And they had the shootout at Elysian Fields. He fought with a man named Sam, Sam Crow Wilson, who was a city trustee. And what actually happened was, well, Sam was unhurt. Uh, John was mortally wounded, and he died at the home of uh, William Fleming over in Greenwood. He wasn't killed outright. He, he died uh, the first part of January of 1840. But uh, Sam Wilson thought he was going to die, so he wrote a farewell letter to a friend here in Shreveport. 
And he said, perhaps we will meet again in a better place where there are no jealous husbands. Whoa. Oh. That was what it was fought about. So wow. that exists that exists in writing. So yeah. Wow. I didn't know about that. And our first sheriff was shot to death. Alex Sterrett was uh he was shot to death. Uh, this was a when Shreveport was founded in eighteen thirty six, we were the farthest west town in the United States. We are the original Wild West town here. We had shootouts in the streets, the cowboys coming through, shooting the places up. So this was Shreveport was a good place to die back then. A very violent place. Steve, it was a good place. It is now. <laughs> back then, you didn't want to venture so we, out without it. So we can actually say we were the beginning of the Wild Wild West. Yeah, it started here. I could see a movie plot here, Anna. I, mean, yeah. I, I could Definitely. see something yeah. in the movie scenes here. Mm-hmm. You thought it was in it was in the Wild Wild El Paso, West. El Paso no, no, was later. No, no, no. We, we, we started it. We, None of that existed when we were So the it. corruption, the, the um, enforcement, was cause was going to be stopped by the, uh, the appointment or election of a sheriff, right? Right. In fact, uh, uh, Alex Sterrett was, this used to be Natchitoches Parish. The northwest corner of Louisiana was Natchitoches Parish up until 1838. And Caddo was formed and then subdivided into DeSoto and later Bossier Parish. And, uh, but that Alex, was a big, big parish. Yes, yes. And Alex Sterrett was the first sheriff of Natchitoches. Well, he was the sheriff of Natchitoches Parish. But when Caddo was formed in 1838, he became the first sheriff of uh, Caddo. And interestingly, uh, his wife, Martha, was Martha Bowie Sterrett. She was Jim Bowie's sister. So we have a lot of history here. Well, and interestingly I, enough, too, I don't know if you knew this, Steve, that there's some, some information in the legislature that my my ancestor, William Spark, was the one that came up with the name Caddo for the Caddoan Indians that mm-hmm. were here and recommended that to the legislature. So. Yeah. Oh. Cool. I love these rest of the story things. A lot yeah. of people need to know about this history. They don't, probably don't teach us. In eighth grade, whatever grade they teach now, Louisiana history. Or if they did, did, I don't remember a bit of it. <laughs> we, we went to class together, most yeah. probably. Yeah. yeah. Most probably. At Erie Drive. That's yeah. right. Golly. Uh, okay. Now, I'm going to compliment you. you. You both are part of a uh, of the of the Preservation Society. And and so why was this Preservation Society formed for the Oakland Cemetery? I always want to know. I, I mean, I'm thrilled that it has been. There was probably a lot of neglect for this particular cemetery for Tremendous. years and years. Tremendous. And years. Yeah. So when did it get um, actually, revived? Actually, well, to my knowledge, uh, we had, and, and the way history is intertwined in this city, the, to my knowledge, the first president of OCPS was Nessie Boso, Nettie Boso, who was Joseph Boso's Daughter, and this was in the 1930s. And okay, tell our listeners OCPS is Oakland Cemetery Preservation Society. We try not to avoid too many acronyms. Okay. Well, uh, uh, then Eric Brock became the president in the 1980s, and then it kind of languished after that. And what, four or five years ago? Right. They reinstated it, so we are the, the latest incarnation. Uh, I will tell you, and you probably know this, in the best of times we featured with with Gary Joyner and a few others many years ago about cemetery, going around cemeteries. It is an extremely popular uh, aspect, not just for our round, but throughout the world and nation. People come here from all over, and I will tell you, I mean, recently I met some individuals, and they said that was one of their, their stops in the Shreveport and Mosier area is the Oakland Cemetery, and they were, yeah. they were, they were, they were 
amazed. They went through and took photographs and researched, and and they were from. Let me think. What's what state? Ohio. I think they were from Ohio. But I, Gary meets people at random sometimes when he goes by and visits places. And I was at the municipal auditorium, and these people came out and they were commenting. And of course, I needed to have you there. I told them to call you. I mean, they were asking me 150 questions, and Gary does not know these 150 questions off the bat. So uh, I told them you can go visit our convention and tourist bureau. They have plenty of pamphlets about this because there's nothing there, right? Right. Right. And hopefully, we're going to have something there in the near future. Yeah, uh, we're uh, with. This opening that is going to happen November the 3rd. November the 3rd of this uh, year. This year, the city passed, had a bond issue, voted. People of Shreveport, thank you very much, yes. uh, voted uh, $227,000 to be put into the cemetery for renovations. And the road is being redone. They've put sidewalks in there. They're putting water access to water plots now. So oh, wow. we are going to start a and adopt a plot adopt a marker program for the people that are interested here so a lot is happening right now and the culmination is going to be november 3rd with our open house there well we're going to make sure to hopefully give us some information we'll put it in our best of times magazine we'll announce it on the radio show again and we'll put it in our on our website adopt adopt a marker they're bound to be family members hopefully that all the family members know distant family members who's buried in that particular block there's one right here yes i i actually have quite a few family members there in uh, oakland and that's how i came upon it i was actually in high school taking a trip with my school class from catamagna high school and we had lunch in oakland and i was walking through and all of a sudden i looked down and my last name is on four or five of the markers and right and i went back to my dad and i said did you know we had people in oakland and he said what and so that's kind of how i got involved in it there's a great group it's the families of oakland that's exactly how i became involved Uh, but interestingly enough we have lost touch with some of these folks they've moved out of the area Uh, we can't kind of track them because as you know people marry change last names and change addresses and move around so we're hoping with the adopt a monument that folks that don't know that they have someone in the cemetery but want to help restore a monument or or be a part of the organization can can adopt that monument and that can be their legacy as well well the monument but also the person that's buried there i mean everlasting be their memories we, we say but their their memories and their and their their history and what they were involved in the trials and tribulations i mean the sacrifices i mean i've been learning so much just by visiting uh certain people but and telling about their answers so i hope them hope this all have been written down and it you're going to help pull all that information together i mean some people say why well you learn from history and it it makes you feel proud of that individual who went the extra mile to to continue on the legacy right it's true it's very true my uh, great great aunt i believe is julia spark rule who was one of the first um i guess society writers for the shreveport times oh, pansy. Wow. pansy that's right pansy and i think steve tell them about the spike that she drove because i'm especially proud of that yeah, the um what was it? It came down from Fulton, the railroad. Uh, I don't know if it's the Illinois Central. I've, I've drawn a plank. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Pansy was uh, the secretary for the mayor at the time in 1887 here in Shreveport. And the the rail line was completed and he being the mayor uh, it was his 
honorary job to drive the Golden Spike. Oh. He was out of town on business, so mm-hmm. Pansy got to drive the Golden Spike, and she is the only woman in history to drive a Golden Spike. To, I love that. To end a, a rail line to completion. Okay. I want to know the rest of the story. Is that Golden Spike still located in one of our railroad trusses? No, they, as soon as they, whenever they, whenever they would do that, as soon as they took the picture, that would be pulled out in a regular <laughs> spike. Steve, that, that, we could do a scavenger hunt. Uh, yeah, I'm sure Frank Nat McEnany probably looked for that years ago. <laughs> <laughs> the Golden Spike. Yeah. Uh, so and the Pansy. only woman in the whole United States? Yes. Yes. Wow, that's that's in a fact, distinct she wrote the, the first society column yep. in the Shreveport Times, oh. and she went under the nom de plume of Pansy Rule. That was okay. her name. How interesting story! Oh, I didn't know that. that, and also the Golden Spike is an interesting is an interesting aspect as well. We'll be right back with more information. But now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears Sunny Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Caligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by A Bears, Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is special guests are Steve Smith and Anna Marie Keel with the Oakland Cemetery Preservation Society. So, Steve. Uh, one of the most frequent questions that I'm sure when all the tourists come and visit and the locals and field trips, et cetera, it's the yellow fever, um, what is it called? The yellow epidemic. Fe- epidemic. Common, common grave? The mound. Mound? Yeah. Now, what do you call a collectively mound of when a, many people are buried? There's got to be a word for it. A mass grave, I would think. I'm asking the legal expert up there. Should they catch by? I think you're right. I think it's either a mass grave, but we call ours the yellow fever mound. Mound. M O U N D. Because as you'll remember, the Indians created mounds that were very similar to that. So we have a we have a little history. Okay, okay. So tell our 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 listeners a little brief history about what what happened. Well, actually, the yellow fever was brought up by the steamboats on the Red River out of New Orleans, and that was brought to New Orleans by the the traders dealing with uh, ports in Cuba and Haiti. That's where the indigenous mosquito lives that carries the yellow fever. And it would be eventually transmitted through the passengers and the uh, crewmen to Shreveport. We had, it came in on a regular basis. I mean, we just, we can't envision today our lives, uh, the, the people back then, the good old days weren't. You know, they they didn't, about they. We have blue jeans. That's about the only thing that dates back to then. Everything has changed. Oh, you know? yes. Oh, yes. They didn't have screens on their windows. They didn't have electricity. And yellow fever came in on a, a yearly basis. And medicine was in its infancy, so to speak. And at that time, the doctors thought that individual that fever was an individual disease. They had remittent fever, uh, bilious fever, intermittent fever, swamp fever, bone break fever, yellow fever, and they treated each one as as a disease. They didn't realize that it was the body fighting an infection. Well, yellow fever, depending on the individual, sometimes when your liver shut down or your kidney shut down, you jaundiced. That's where the yellow fever comes from. But in some people, they never jaundiced. So it was hard for the doctors to say, well, this is a case of yellow fever. But it did come in on a yearly basis. But 1853, 
was our first epidemic. 1867 was our second. And our third was 1873. It was the third worst epidemic in the history of the United States. We had about 1,000 people die here. We'll never know how many died. But we had, we speculate around 1,000, 3,000 died in Memphis that year. And to my knowledge, the second worst was the 1876 epidemic. It killed 10,000 people in Memphis, but we quarantined here. It didn't show up. And then the flu epidemic of 18, or 1917, 1918, that's the worst epidemic, killed 5% of the population of the world. But here uh, in the 73 epidemic, uh, the people were dying so fast we ran out of coffins. They were being lowered into shallow graves, trench graves, up on what is now the Yellow Fever Mound in bed sheets, whatever they could. We had up to 20 people a day dying here, sometimes 30 in, at the height in September. In fact, right now as we are speaking, we're in the 170th anniversary uh, this month. It was August, September, October, November, and even into December. And uh, interestingly, people did not know what yellow fever was caused by. There was all, It was a superstition. They thought the night air was poison, so you didn't go out at night. And, of course, it was full of mosquitoes, but, you know, they thought that a fire might cause it. It was just one thing after another. They were clean, cleaning the rest of the raft out of the Red River north of town, and they thought, well, that was causing mm-hmm. it. But the people were being buried as fast as they can be buried because they thought that if you had yellow fever, you could give it to somebody by just handing them something that you had held. So tremendous amount of terror back then. And the people were buried shallow. And somebody else told me we we had, like, blockades getting into the city and getting out of the city, Quarantine. Well, we we were quarantined by any place accessible by Shreveport. Uh, Jefferson quarantined us. Alexandria, Cushata. In fact, there was one account where a steamboat from Shreveport was trying to land at Alexandria, and there were 75 intoxicated men on the levee down there with uh, rifles saying, you can't land here, we'll kill you. You know, So there was a lot of death threat. If you're from Shreveport, you couldn't get in. Don't think any of it was ever acted upon, but it was serious stuff. But the people were dying when they were... The Shreveport Times in, in October of 1873 wrote an article stating that, uh, complaining of the stench emanating from the, the cemetery. The people were buried so shallow, their bodies started to bloat. They cracked the ground above them, and the decay smell came up, and they thought that smell, they called it the miasma, they thought that was what caused yellow fever. So here we oh. go with more of it being generated. It will engender a pestilence if it's not addressed. So what was done? Uh, at that time, nothing. Nobody wanted to really go out so the, there. Did they pile more dirt over well, this actually, particular? In, in the 1980s, bones were appearing on the Yellow Fever Mound because they were buried so shallow and the erosion was taking place. And I was told that Shreveport came in and put about a two-foot cap of clay over that area. So there's still, Gary, Gary Joyner says, about 824 people in the mound itself did they record the the individuals names and family as as best they could uh, by the information they were given there was an organization called the howard association which was kind of a precursor to a local red cross 
and uh, local citizens would form the Howard Association in their town in the outbreak of a cholera epidemic or yellow fever, and it was like the headquarters for donations and dispersal of medicines. And the Howards recorded uh, 759, I believe. Okay, so going back to this 1873, were there other mounds or mass graves in other cities? You mentioned Memphis and New Orleans and I think other big cities that... I have not done any real research about... uh, Because of my cemetery, the Ghost Walk led to the cemetery tour that's led to me writing a book on the 1873 epidemic. And um, I have really focused on this area. Uh, there has been mentioned to me a possibility of a yellow fever mound in Marshall, Texas, in uh, Highway 80, the cemetery that's there downtown. I have not found it, but uh, this is the only mound that I know of. Well, in closing, give our listeners another reason why uh, they should help support the Preservation Society in, in helping Oakland. Well, you know, it's really interesting. When uh, when when we were growing up, uh, I would go to the municipal to see you know, James Brown and Vanilla Fudge and all of that. And wow, I would, I he would, did have good memory. Yes, yeah, I was there. Yeah, and uh, I was Steppenwolf. Wa- we saw there together. Yes, I saw Evil Knievel jump the Snake River Canyon there on closed circuit. But I would walk into the entrance there and just look at the cemetery and think, well, this is a beautiful place, but it's in the middle of town. What's it doing here? And it's strange how uh, back then I was kind of disinterested, and now I'm in charge of cemetery preservation with uh, Oakland Cemetery Preservation Society. So sometimes things really go full circle, I guess. But this is our oldest Treasure. That's why I started the, the the cemetery tour. People just don't realize what we have here, as far as our history and located in that cemetery. And I try and open their eyes. And it's another. You know, people say it's morbid, but I don't think it's morbid. It brings back history. I mean, you you, you honor the dead, but you honor their memory. You honor their history, and you and it's part of Shreveport. Yeah, it's part of any particular town. I mean, I, I will tell you, I visited Buffalo, New York, and I visited their one of their cemeteries there. Somebody took me there to show me some infamous people that are buried in that particular city, yeah. and it helps you bring up history because you look at workers and they tell you about those individuals. And well, if you if you look at it as the the, the people that are buried there are the uh, those who founded the the city that we live in today. So their efforts, their lives, got us to where we are today. So it's kind of uh, uh, an homage to the, the what they went through and the trials and tribulations and hardships. Okay, let's let's give our listeners. You have a website. It's www.oaklandcemeteryla.org. Is that correct? Oakland, Oakland, L-A-N-D, cemetery, L-A, dot O-R-G. Uh, they can also call them. I'll give you a plug. You give a great um, tour of all the haunted areas in town. And you're ShreveportTownGhostWalk.com at ShreveportTownGhostWalk.com. Or they can call you at 318 318- Two thousand zero one one, right? Zero seven one one. Right. Again, that's three one eight two hundred zero seven one one. And we we're going to learn more about your uh, November the third uh, event that will take place where? In, in Oakland Cemetery. And the public's going to be invited, and this will be a um, 
an event that will do what? Uh, go ahead. It is, uh, we're re- reopening the cemetery to the public, and it's going to be from 1 to 4 on November 3rd. We invite the entire town, the entire area to come join us. It's going to be neat. We're going to have live music, reenactments of some of the famous people buried there. We're going to have activities for the children. Wine Country's producing a box lunch that you can buy in advance, and it's just our, it's called an afternoon in the park. We want you to come out and see all the beautiful things that Oakland has to $5 admission. It's a $5 donation, donation. suggested donation, right. so there's no charge to actually attend unless you wish to um, we hope you do because every dime you give us helps refurbish the cemetery rehabilitate it so it ought to be a really neat event thank you and for joining we, we were actually we are in the middle of the uh, our own uh, renovations uh, by o- oakland cemetery preservation society we have just had central monument take off uh, remove from their foundations 31 markers that are going to have the bases rebuilt there and were in danger of failing and falling. So that will be done by the time we have the open house, too. So we are the ball is rolling for everything. Well, that's good to know. Well, thank you, Steve. Thank you, Anna, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Kaligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour here on News Radio 710 Keel. Thank you for listening to our show today. Join us next Saturday on here in the best of times radio hour, where I will be broadcasting live from the city of Buffalo, New York. So, hoping you'll listen to us next time, 9 a.m. here on News Radio 710 Keel, broadcasting live from a remote location in Buffalo, New York. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of the Best of Times magazine. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great week. And again, thank you for listening to our show today. Remember to listen to our show next Saturday when I broadcast a live show from Buffalo, New York. To going to be a historic show that you're going to find quite entertaining and interesting. I'm Gary Kaligas wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Best of Times on 710 Keel. Join us again next Saturday at 9 for The Best of Times. This is News Radio 710 Keel, K E E L, Shreveport Mosier.